Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. This is Terry Wickstrom. And we have got another full show for you today. And before we get started, though, you know, we've been trying to research and know what you can do and can't do and give you alternatives to go enjoy enjoy the outdoors. But you really got to check before you go anywhere because things are changing daily. And we certainly don't want anybody violating the um, violating the mandates or the recommendations. But we want you out there having some fun. And I think uh, I've had a lot of talks with the guests that are coming on today. And we're going to give you some alternatives, some close-to-home places, some uh, other places to both fish and hunt. But the important thing is be out there and be just enjoy the outdoors. You know, don't 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 judge your uh, your fishing trip by the harvest. Maybe you know, maybe it's just you and family. Maybe it's just you. Take a little time and just enjoy being out there, contemplate sitting on the water, and uh, it's pretty therapeutic. Well, let's start the show. We can, we're going to take you fishing a lot today. And we're going to do some hunting, and we're going to talk about um, the big game draw, where that's at, and the upcoming secondary draw, and the changes there. So we got a lot to cover, but let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Discount Tackle is Austin Park. Good morning, Austin. Good morning, Terry. How are you? You know, I'm doing okay, and I, I don't know how much you heard of my my little opening monologue there, but we uh, we're going to talk over the course of the show with a number of different people about opportunities where you can go fishing, things you can do. But people just have to check ahead of time uh, before they go because things are changing so rapidly. Absolutely. I mean, one day you're wide open to go and fish Clear Creek, and now anywhere in uh, Clear Creek County as well as Clear Creek down lower, can't fish at all, including Georgetown Lake. So just you know, go out there and take a peek. Do we know for sure? I know Clear Creek County, you can't. You can't go into the county if you're a visitor. But yep. lower lower Clear Creek, the order I read said no, like in the water activities, tubing, swimming, rafting. It didn't mention so I fishing. To, I talked to a Clear Creek County sheriff who I'm quite good friends with, actually. And his interpretation on what he has been told is not only is Clear Creek County, you, you technically in Clear Creek County could fish it, but you have to park on a county road. Um, and that's where right. the, the the rule comes in there. But he said that that in their briefing down lower, that Clear Creek they believe is not that, that fishing is one of the activities that you're not allowed to do, unfortunately. Yeah, because they didn't cover that. And by the way, just so you know, later in the show, um, we're going to have Paul Winkle, the local biologist, on too, and we're going to talk a lot about some ponds and things like that. And that's yeah, and a great so some of this right stuff is. Yeah, and some of this stuff is really open to interpretation because um, when I talked to some of the Parks and Wildlife people, they didn't know for sure about Clear Creek, but the briefings they saw said that it was no in-the-water activity, that it didn't really, especially in Golden and places like that, it didn't really Mm -hmm. mention fishing. So we're not, not, and and that's... Yeah, it's a real interesting thing, and and I asked him that question specifically yesterday, and and his interpretation was no fishing. But, I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, he he said that he was going to – it's just everyone doesn't quite know what's going on right now. Um, So, I don't know. It's a very strange thing to to be living through. Yeah, and what I would say is 
um, if you go places, uh, check the regulations before you go. Do the best you can. If you do end up going somewhere and somebody comes to you and says, hey, you know, uh, somebody official comes to you, um, cooperate with them and understand. Tell them it was a misunderstanding. Don't be confrontational. Um, let's get through this together. We want your outdoor experience to still be uh, and joyful, something you take pleasure in because we're all stuck inside a lot right now and there's a lot going on. We've got some weather coming up. Today is probably the best day over the next week to get out and enjoy the outdoors, even if it's just a walk or something. But Absolutely. what are you seeing out there, um, Austin? Well, as of right now, we've still got uh, boating open in Colorado and, and just want to make a note that, that yesterday, I'm not sure if you're going to go through this, but yesterday Michigan actually outlawed all power boating uh, because people were not um, following social distancing guidelines and put too many people on boats. So as I continue, just let's be mindful of that so that we can continue to still boat through this. But Chatfield and Cherry Creek have both been fishing well on very nice local options. Um, Chatfield is kind of slowing down a little bit on, on some of the spawning activity that we had been seeing over the last several weeks. But Cherry Creek has, has been through it for a bit, and we're into a really nice lead core bite that we talk about pretty frequently. Uh, pulling around Salmo Hornets and, and Flicker Shads have, have been quite productive. And then, at least for today, shifting on over to Quincy could be a really good option for some of your largemouth smallmouth bass. Uh, as we move into next week after this cold front, it may slow them down a bit, but that's going to be a good option for a few weeks to come. I think that's a great point to make. That right now, today might be a great day to fish in a lot of places because we're pre-front. And then with that front coming in tomorrow, and it's not going to be so pleasant out anyway with snow and cold for a few days. But even as it starts to warm up next week, excuse me, the warm water species are going to be put down a little bit. The walleyes, the bass, trout won't be affected quite as much, and that any deep fish, if you're out in the boat, won't be affected quite as much. But probably isn't going to be. the most, uh, the best conditions you would look for over the next week. And it might be better to just let things rest and plan something else. I want to get back to what you said about boating too. The fact that um, I, I don't care who you are, or what you say, and I'm not trying to be preachy about this, but you can't really socially separate in a boat, even a 20 some foot pontoon boat, you're going to get in and out of the boat. You're going to touch surfaces. So if you're out in a boat, you should be with somebody that's a resident of your house. And if we don't socially separate, you're right. We're going to face what other states are facing where they're going to close it to boating. And we want to keep it open so we can enjoy it to some some aspect anyway. Absolutely. And especially as we're going to be moving in, you know, no one knows exactly how long this is going to be be, be moving on uh, with this, this stay-at-home order. But we're going to be getting into some great fishing opportunities here really quick. Right now, like I mentioned, there's some some good ones but especially as we get toward the late part of april and you start to have some warmer water and you can get these walleyes moving up shallow especially in places that are our local options like chatfield and cherry creek or if you live down south a bit pueblo will be doing it really soon as well but um but we'll have those opportunities where we'll be able to catch good numbers of fish and everybody wants to, to still be able to have those opportunities and we want to keep people on top of the opportunities too because this is going to loosen up it's going to go away we're not sure when yep. or how long it will take but as, as they loosen this up, and, and some of the fishing and outdoor activities may come back sooner than some of the businesses even. Absolutely. And as it does, we want to know when, let people know where they can go, what's going on, because there's going to be some great opportunities 
Um, you mentioned, before we get to a couple more local things I want to talk to you about, there are people that listen online to the show or listen to the podcast or when we put them up on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, they pick them up there. Um, how about some things, are you hearing anything, you know, in places maybe we don't want Denver people to go, but people listening somewhere else, further down south or maybe up a little elevation, any quick synopsis there? Yeah, so right now we're, we're really, as far as moving up at higher elevation to start with, we are starting to see some ice off in areas, although not quite 100% there yet. Uh, places like uh, 11 Mile and, and Spinney should honestly be open here pretty quick, but uh, the ice off opportunities will be, be going there pretty well, and, and we're starting to see, uh, uh, from what I've been hearing, which has been strange, I've been hearing quite as much as normally, but uh, up at uh, the Dream Stream, there's been some good spawning run fish that have been up up in the river up there. Uh, Deckers has been pretty crowded, so I'll make a mention that, you know, if you're looking to fly fish, that may not be the, the greatest opportunity in the entire world right now. Uh, but then as you move down south, the, the Pueblo fish, at least this last week, really were, were making a move in the right direction. Uh, a lot of, lot of largemouth and smallmouth bass were being caught a few spots here and there as well. Uh, some of the walleyes, the trolling bite, has been, been pretty darn productive down there, and there were still some fish that were being caught in and around the rock areas with jerk baits at lower light conditions. So that was a really good shore opportunity as well. And I've often said that, that Pueblo, as far as a large fishery is concerned, offers really good shore fishing opportunities just because of how the structure points are. So if you live down south and, and you're looking to hit something from the shore, I would prefer to hit a place like Pueblo or uh, rather than Cherry Creek or Chatfield, at least from the shore, and, and really have a good opportunity at success. Well, and there's so much shoreline there that you can access. Oh, yeah. And you yeah, can really spread point. out and be away from people. Exactly. Yeah, and that's a good option for that. And and you have great structure all the way along that lake. And, and like I said, next week may be a little bit of a blip in, in the, uh, the, the, as we move in, into the springtime here. But as everything gets warmer, Pueblo gets typically warmer before a lot of other lakes do, at least on the northern front range. And your walleyes and your smallmouth bass uh, all get up shallower and tend to be a couple of weeks ahead of places like even shallow lakes like Cherry Creek. But you'll have good jig bites uh, typically late part of April down there, and, and we'll be materializing into that here really quickly. All right, let's talk about a couple other opportunities. One is the Platte River as it runs right through Denver. A lot of people don't consider that much of a fishing destination, but they've done a lot of improvement over the years there. And not only are there trout and walleye and smallmouth bass and things that get up in that river, but carp and, and in a lot of other areas, there's some really good opportunities, aren't there? Absolutely. And, and for years, anglers have been targeting the, the carp on the fly rods down there. And it's really unique in the fact that that is really our, our best saltwater fly fishing imitation, really. Uh, you'll have good carp that'll be tailing down there, and it's really a, a situation where you need to be very stealthy and nearly wearing camouflage at times. Those fish are so spooky. But you'll, you'll be typically targeting them with crawfish patterns, but you can also have fish in the, the deeper runs, and you can have them, uh, you can catch them nymphing as well. So things with San Juan worms and larger prince nymphs and hare's ears all can be really effective. And many times I'll still be uh, having that lead carp crawfish pattern. A lot of times more of the rust colors in the plaid on, uh, on the front of my indicator rig. But the smallmouth bass and the walleyes are in there really heavily as well. I wouldn't say heavily, but in areas they are there. They are there. Um, and you can catch them on the fly, but also things like gulp minnows and tube jigs can be effective in those deeper runs. And, and the smallmouth and the walleyes aren't going to be nearly in the, in the riffles as much as some of the other species will. But then you will have trout as well. And going down 
uh, near Aspen Grove and places like Reynolds Landing have uh, good, solid stream restoration projects that have taken place over the last couple of years and created nice runs and riffles. And then as even as you get down toward the, the Eliches type area, uh, that area is right in the middle of town, and, and there are trout to be had down there as well. Yeah, and that's really, there's more fishing, especially the trout in this warmer, wet, uh, cooler weather. Uh, and the other species are there, too. And you mentioned the carp. Well, I tell you what, anybody, whether it's fly rod or conventional rod, anybody who poo-poos a carp, get a, about a 10, 15-pounder on the line sometime. And then when you get a close, try to land it. Well, will they give oh, you man. a tussle? Absolutely. They are, they are hard to catch. They are not easy, and and when you get one on, a, especially on a fly rod out of the river, it is a honestly a real trophy. Well, years ago when Barry Reynolds and Brad Beefus uh, did their first uh, carp on the fly book, we actually did a television show to introduce that book. It's uh, it was filmed many years ago, but it is up on my YouTube channel. <clears throat> the best, <clears throat> excuse me, the best of fishing with Terry Wickstrom, and there's some pretty good instructions on uh, on on how to fly fish for carp and what to look for. And we caught some nice carp there. You know, one funny side note there, Austin, was when we originally aired that show on television, we we thought, well, people would we'd get tons of, we didn't have email and stuff even back there. We did, but really it wasn't part of social media. But we thought we'd get lots of people requesting information on what type of flies and fly rods. And, but they wanted to know where we were, like, hey, you can't find carp. Come on. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, they're they're hard everywhere. To catch, aren't they? Yeah. But they they're hard, to, hard to the, catch. More, the more they're fish, they're very smart. Absolutely. And and you have to get them right when they're feeding. And many times that, that means tailing. If anyone's seen any videos of how, how redfish and bonefish are caught, where their lead tip of their tail is kind of sticking up out of the water and then nose down feeding, they'll eat like that sometimes. But if you're just trying to cast to a cruising fish, unlike something like a bass or a a trout that's cruising along, it is very difficult to get them to try and react to something to eat it. But one thing I want to talk to you about before we run out of time here is I know this is really affecting businesses and we want people to support local businesses, keep people going. So when we come out of this, we have the resources. Are you guys finding a way? Are you available to give information? And is there a way people can order from you? Absolutely. So as far as available uh, available for information, I'm, we're down at the store every day, but Sundays right now from 10 till 6, fulfilling online and phone orders. Um, our phone number is 303-698-2550. Um, happy to answer any questions at all on anything fishing related. But additionally, as I just mentioned, uh, the only thing we are able to do right now are online or uh, phone orders. So our website is discountfishingdenver.com. However, we don't have everything on the website. We're working frantically to do that, but uh, we're, we're taking phone orders and, and doing all of our shipping for free. And, and we're just lucky in the fact that our activity, at least, that we're selling is still permitted to, to go and do. And, and some of these local ponds are, are in neighborhoods and people need tackle. And I'm, I'm there, to, there to help provide that. Well, another thing, too, you know, it's one thing to order online, and there's a lot of places, but, you know, you're local and you stock things that people can use locally. But the other Absolutely. thing, too, is they give you, a phone, give you a phone call. You can actually go through the type of information you and I go through when you come on the show and maybe yeah. recommend a few places and recommend a few lures or baits to get to them. Yeah, I am more than happy to do that and, and take as much time as necessary, please, if anyone's given a call. Do not feel like uh, you are taking up too much of our time because we are happy to, to work through everything and, and do the same kind of deal like we do in the store uh, when we're able to do in-person contact. And, 
and talk to people about where they're going, what they're thinking about, uh, different lures that you may use, think about what they have and, and they can use on their own. Um, everything is, is all in play, but now it's just over the phone. All right. My friend, we're going to let you go, but um, there are places people can get out there, and uh, we're going to touch on more of them later on in the show. But thanks for those uh, tidbits of information, and hopefully everybody will get out and uh, be responsible, and hopefully you can stay well and enjoy the upcoming fishing that we will be doing. Thanks, Austin. You as well, Terry. I really appreciate you having me on. All Thank right. You. Austin Parr from Discount Fishing Cackle. We're going to take a quick time out, and Debbie Leninger from Parks and Wildlife is going to join us, and we're going to talk about the big game draw, where it's at right now. There's a secondary draw and other ways you can get licensed if you didn't draw the first time. All that and more coming up on Terry Wicks from Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are broadcasting from our home studios in Fort Collins out of an abundance of caution. Karen and I don't have any uh, symptoms or anything, but uh, we figure the better we can separate ourselves, the better off we'll all be, and the quicker we'll come back to normal from, from this thing. But let's go right to the phones right now. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Debbie Leninger. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well, and you, you're staying safe and well. I, I believe you're working from home also, right? Right. We've been working from home since March 13th, I think. So, Yeah, and everybody, and that's one of the things, you know, you and I are going to talk about different things in the outdoors, and so are the upcoming guests, and we want people outdoors. We just want them to uh, follow the guidelines and use an abundance of caution. And, you know, if we do that, maybe we can keep these outdoor venues open as long as possible, and then reopen them normally. If we don't, there's a chance we could get some of them closed, and we don't want that to happen. But you want to talk about the big game draw, but before we get to that, I also heard there's a special on the Colorado Outdoors magazine. Is that right? Right, there is. Colorado Parks and Wildlife is celebrating their 123rd birthday this month. Um, We were technically founded on April 17, 1897, so our agency has been around for a long time was originally called Colorado Game Fish and Parks. Um, the names have changed over the years, but uh, the magazine is just a great resource for information as well as while some of us are stuck inside and we can't get out, it's a nice thing to just flip through, read some articles, catch up on reading, doing new things, looking at new issues. So it's half off this whole month while we're celebrating our birthday, so you can look for the special coming up this month. During the month and of what April. do you do? So what do you do? You just go online to order it then through the Parks and Wildlife, Parks and Wildlife website? Right. The, our online portal for shopping is cpwshop.com, and you click on e-store, and Colorado Outdoors will be right there. You click on that, and you'll see all the specials front and center. Oh, that's awesome. It's a beautiful magazine, too. The photography in it is always spectacular. It's so so well put together. It almost ends up being a tabletop piece, each each issue as it comes out. So it is, it's great to just not only read the stories, but the the um, the pictures are just fantastic. Now, right. let's get back to this, this, this big draw, the game draw. Now, the big game draw, the, we've done the first, the first round, right? Right. The application deadline for the primary draw passed this um, is over. It uh, was April 7th, and we had a real successful draw this year. The, it really makes us proud that our hunters are 
looking forward to having the new normal and being able to hunt this fall. Our application numbers were about the same, and anyone who applied for the primary draw, now you need to pay attention to when the draw results are posted. Sheep and goat is in May, and then big game is in June. And then if you drew a license, you want to make sure that your payments are in by the payment deadlines just to make sure that your licenses are paid for. They should automatically charge your credit card online. However, you know, credit cards are getting full these days because we're all using some of that extra money that we have access to. So hunters just need to, who are in the primary draw, need to pay attention to that as those dates come up. They're on the back of the big game brochures, real clear, because I know when you're on the radio, sometimes you're driving in the car and you can't write everything down. So go to the back page of the big game brochure, the sheep and goat brochure, and find the deadlines there. All right. And all that information in the big game brochure, you should have a copy either online or hard copy anyway, because it has so much information and helps you with so many resources, even planning your hunt. Now, if I didn't draw, if I put in, I didn't draw where I wanted, what are my options coming up to still get a license? Well, we've got a new option this year. Last year, we had what was called a leftover draw. And this year, we're announcing a secondary draw, which will be brand new. It's coming up in June, and the application fees for, still apply. You, can't, you won't use or apply for preference points during this draw, and there will be no group hunts. And youth will have preference during this secondary draw. We've also added two species to the draw, so now the secondary draw period is July, June 5th through July 7th, so we've got a ways to go. But... It's four species this year. It used to be just deer and elk, and this year it's deer, elk, pronghorn, and bear. So if hunters don't draw as they're going looking at the big game process, if they've gone through the primary draw, if they don't draw there, then they could look to doing this as well as anybody who missed the primary draw. So lots of opportunity is going to open up. So the secondary draw is open to anybody, and you don't use preference points or gain points for it, but it's kind of like, uh, and what about if there are any licenses left over after both these draws, will we still have a leftover license sale, or will it just be over the counter? No, we'll still have our leftover day like we normally do, but because we had good application numbers, I I would encourage people not to wait till leftover day, but leftover license day starts August 4th, 9 a.m. like it has in the past, and then two days later, the unlimited licenses or over-the-counter licenses go on sale August 6th. So those two opportunities will still be there. And then if hunters can't come out or do anything, those licenses go back on our leftover list after August 4th as well. So, Right, and we're still going to, you know, obviously we're all hopeful that this is going to be over long before fall, but we still right. need to be aware of what's going on. And, and I'm sure that Parks and Wildlife will accommodate people if we're still under some kind of a stay-at-home type order, I would think. And you guys have been great about doing that and being able to turn things in. One note we should make in most areas of the state, today's the opening of turkey season, but Yuma County got pushed back till May 2nd because of uh, they were a little bit afraid of crowding there. And that might not be all bad because sometimes later in the year, turkey hunting can even be better. And we'll, we're going to talk more at length about that with um, Nate Zielinski in a little while. But um, you mentioned the big game brochure, Debbie, and that's something everybody should read through because it, it points you to so many resources on Parks and Wildlife's website and online resources, doesn't it? Right. The big game brochures are printed and 
at stores, which you can't get into right now sometimes, and then the online version is online. But your previous comment, Terry, you made a good point. Hunters and anglers right now should be paying attention to local regulations. The governor approved that he wants people to be out recreating. That's really a high push for him because it's very healthy in this day and age. But we're hearing, like Yuma County, we're hearing that rules and regulations locally may be changing. So it's really important for a hunter or angler to pay attention to those local regulations. Not only look at our COVID page on CPW's main website, it's right there off the homepage. You can't miss it. It's bright yellow. But we're hearing maybe a road closure from a county level where you're used to going fishing at a state wildlife area down the road and the county has closed the road. So it's real important for people, again, like you said, the local communities are paying attention to their local facilities and availability. So a tip for hunters and anglers right now is to just be cognizant. It's your responsibility to know before you go. So that's helpful for customers to know. You're absolutely right. And as far as that COVID page, I have put it up on my, my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And if you go to that and just scroll down, you'll see a link to it. And what I do is I keep it in my browser open on a page I'm not looking at. And every, about once a day, I go and click on it just to re, um, refresh it. And it's, uh, it's not, it's only, it was updating quite frequently before, but now maybe once every couple of days. But it keeps you, as much as Parks and Wildlife can, you're doing a great job of keeping that information up there. But it changes so quickly, but that's a great resource. Debbie, we are out of time, but I think uh, what we do, I said, if people really are planning on their big game hunt, they have to make sure they've, they're aware of all the different draws and sales and get the big game brochure and read through it. And I, is there still hunt plan people available? Yep, our phone center is up and running, and our queue has remained full even after the primary draw. So that's good. We're there to answer questions and help and appreciate the calls. We want hunters and anglers to enjoy the outdoors out there. All right. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you for joining us. Great information. Thanks. Have a good day. You bet. You bet. That's Debbie Linegar from Colorado Parks and Wildlife. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, uh, Paul Winkle, the biologist from the Denver area for fishing, is going to join us. And we're going to go over some opportunities that maybe you can take advantage of right in your backyard on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. We are joined by the biologist who manages the waters in the Denver metro area, Paul Winkle. Good morning, Paul. Hello, Terry. How are you? I'm doing good. It's a beautiful day. I think it's going to change, but uh, maybe we can give people a few pointers where they could get out and wet a line yet today before this weather. And then, of course, this weather won't last long in April and we'll be back to nice weather. But, uh, you know, Paul, these are different times and uh People, I know they love to drive to faraway destinations, and we a lot of people listen out in those destinations, so we cover some of those. But the huge majority of our listeners live right on the Front Range and in the Denver metro area, and we're in uh, Parks and Wildlife, the governor, and this show, we're encouraging people to get out and enjoy the outdoors. Just make sure they're aware of any regulations where they go because they change so rapidly and, and be very socially conscious and separate and and be very uh, responsible when you do it. But getting out and, and just wetting a line and with some of the opportunities that are available can be really therapeutic. So 
I thought you'd be a great guest to have on. We can talk about maybe some of the metro area waters. Now, Austin Parr was on a little earlier. We touched a little bit on some of the Cherry Creek and Chatfield, but not much. But why don't we start with some of those bigger ones? But then I want to get down to some other opportunities, too. Sure. Um, you know, you have the uh, the classic big reservoirs, large reservoirs in the Denver metro area, including Cherry Creek and Chatfield and Aurora and even in Bar Lake. And um, so there's there's good opportunities um, uh, at all four of those lakes for, for walleyes. Um, of course, we use Cherry Creek and Chatfield as two of our three brood lakes to cl- collect walleye eggs from. And and every year, um, you know, we're catching fish uh, over 20, many fish over 20 inches. And those those walleyes in the, uh, those female walleyes in the 20 to 24 inch range, those are our kind of money fish where we get most of the eggs from. And uh, we've had, you know, t- in a typical uh, spawning uh, season at Cherry Creek and Chatfield, we'll uh, not uncommonly catch walleyes up to 10 pounds or maybe even a little more than 10 pounds. I mean, it's not every fish, but there's certainly those big size walleyes out there at those two, two reservoirs. And then Aurora, we, we have a nice walleye population and Aurora is uh, a backup lake. So if we need uh, extra fish or if one of the two uh, main walleye reservoirs aren't producing enough eggs, we'll go to Aurora. So that has a nice population of walleyes. And then of course, Bar Lake, uh, we stock walleyes there. And um, so there's a, a, um, a decent walleye population at Bar Lake also. Now, before we go on anymore with maybe some of the ways to approach those, we should tell people that the walleye spawn did get interrupted this year because of the, the COVID-19 virus. Um, what is the status of that and what impact do you think it'll have, Paul? Okay, so yes, we had a, a, a abbreviated walleye spawning season at all three brood lakes the two Denver lakes and also at Pueblo Reservoir, just because of the COVID-19 virus and trying to practice social distancing. And so we did uh, um, collect eggs for a couple of days at all, all three, at all three reservoirs. And so, but all three of the reservoirs that are blue lakes will receive walleye eggs um, this year. And so um, they'll be good to go, you know, for coming years. And, the fact that uh, we're not going to stock walleye uh, fry this year at the other lakes on the front range that normally get walleyes is not uh, really going to be uh, that big a deal just because walleyes are pretty long lived. I mean, walleyes is not unusual for them to reach eight to 10 years old or even older. And so uh, for instance, you know, these lakes that do have walleye populations that are stocked with walleye fry, they're going to have uh, probably currently probably have at least eight age classes of, of walleyes in there. So the loss of one year class is really not going to um, negatively affect those lakes too much that aren't going to be stocked with walleye fry this year. Well, and I think we're going to get the phenomenon too. You know, we had a, a much less uh, availability to ice fishermen on the front range than normal this year. The ice came and went several times and we didn't see that activity. So I think we haven't seen the fish pressured as much through the winter, whether it's walleyes or trout or perch, and we'll talk about all those types of species. But we're also seeing maybe a little less activity in the fishing till this loosens up. So we're going to see a little less harvest too, probably at least early in the year. So 
And you guys have done a great job. I get to fish all over the world, and I did 22 seasons on television. I write for newspapers and magazines and, of course, do this radio show. And people, they dream about going to Minnesota and Canada. And there's obviously wonderful things in those places. But Parks and Wildlife has done a tremendous job. I tell you what, I think I have a better chance not only of catching a number of walleyes in a lot of the places here, but catching a big walleye. I probably catch, of course, I fish more in Colorado, but I probably catch more big walleyes in Colorado than I do in a lot of some of those other places. So we've really got a great fishery here that people need to take advantage of. Now, we've talked a little bit about being out in boats, but, you know, it's hard to social distance in a boat. I'd kind of like to flip things and talk a little more about maybe some of the shore opportunities and some of the close-to-home opportunities that people can take advantage of. And I think we could start by all those reservoirs you mentioned have quite a bit of shoreline, and if they're within a short drive, you can probably find a place to spread out and successfully fish those, wouldn't you think? Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, Aurora Reservoir has, uh, you know, a a bike or or walking path around the whole reservoir. And, and, um, you know, Cherry Creek and and Chatfield and Bar Lake are, are state parks, and so they, they all three of those do have a good good amount of shoreline access, you know, um, from different parts of the park. So, yes, there's definitely good shoreline access at those big reservoirs. Now, and each one of those reservoirs actually has a little bit different of a different species and different availability from shore of what you can catch. I know Aurora is one of your favorite, not only because it has a nice population of walleyes, but the trout really thrive in Aurora, don't they? Right, they do. And I like Aurora because it's it's kind of unique um, compared to the other uh, Denver Metro reservoirs just because it receives uh, cooler water from Strachan Springs Reservoir up in the in the foothills. And so, uh, you know, the water's real clear. They People even scuba dive in Aurora. And the trout really thrive I've, uh, in there. So, um, you know, trout that we stocked um, previously after four – or five years, I'll catch them in my surveys, and they're just beautiful trout, nice color to them. And, uh, of course, Aurora does hold the, the current state record smallmouth and the current state record channel catfish. And plus it has, and a, it small has, population. And it has a small population of wiper. It yeah, has a and small it does have great, great perch fishing, too, at Aurora. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. I, I do catch uh, perch in my uh, – in my population surveys, and I know, you know, you get jumbo perched out at Aurora up to 12 inches or, you know, or around there. And so I know Aurora is very popular for ice fishing for yellow perch. As we go through a few of these other spots, I think, too, that we should, the next couple months before the water really warms up, actually are some of the best times to fish from shore, aren't they? They are, Yes because you'll have uh, smallmouth bass coming in, pre-spawn smallmouth bass coming in, and then, you know, this time of year, yellow perch are coming in to spawn, and then, um, uh, you know, after the walleyes go through the spawning oper- the spawning um, uh, process, you know, they'll want to start feeding again. And so, yeah, springtime is a good time to, for uh, good shoreline fishing. Now, another lake that I think flies under the radar more than it should and speak, maybe it's because it has the 10-horsepower boating regulation in it, but it's one that you guys have done a great job of building a multi-tier fishery, and it's got so many different species, and that's Bar Lake. Tell us a little bit about Bar Lake. Okay, so Bar Lake gets a, a, a stocking of trout every year, multiple stockings of trout every year, usually in the uh, early spring before the water warms up, 
And so we have uh, stocked trout in Bar Lake. Of course, I mentioned previously we stock walleyes in Bar Lake, and so it has a decent population of walleyes. And wipers, I've caught wipers in my fish surveys, uh, you know, in the probably eight, seven to eight to nine pound range. Um, and largemouth bass. I have one of my citizen volunteers who fishes largemouth there regularly and does really well with largemouth. And, and there's some perch and other panfish in there too. And, you know, another thing, you, we mentioned the stock trout. Any lake that's been stocked with trout, a lot of these front range lakes, and you're the biologist, so correct me if I'm wrong, but as we warm up, if it's those fish, they get, if it's a small lake, they get a little lethargic. But if it's a bigger lake, they tend to go a little deeper and maybe away from the shore. But spring, when this water's, you know, in the 40s, 50s, even low 60s, um, we're seeing a lot of those trout cruising close to shore and very available, don't we? Yes, exactly. And that's why these smaller lakes, um, the, not the big reservoirs, but the smaller lakes, when we stock them with, tr- if they t- receive trout, we stock them, you know, usually like March or April. And like you said, you know, the water's still cool enough. Those fish are cruising around in shallower water. And I, I can go through, so there's a, I have a little list here of some of those smaller lakes that do receive spring uh, trout. And so um, in the, probably the northeast part of the metro area, you have Brighton City Park Lake. And then uh, in the town of Brighton, and then Man Nighthold Lake, which is in the Adams County Fairgrounds. And then in the central Denver metro area, you have Centennial Park Lake, uh, Berkeley and Rocky Mountain Lakes right off of uh, I-70. And, um, and then Jim Baker Reservoir, which is off I-76 and approximately uh, Lowell Boulevard. And then in the south uh, Denver metro area, you have Eagle Watch Lake, which is in, actually in South Suburban Park, just north of C-470. And then you have the large pond in Chaffield State Park right near where the park road crosses the bridge, and that receives spring trout. And then on the west side of the town, you have uh, Main Reservoir, which is over in Lakewood. So those are some of the smaller lakes that receive uh, um, spring rainbow trout. And, you know, those trout are... Um... We're going to talk a little bit about panfish here in a minute, but those trout are, when I grew up in Minnesota, you learned to fish under a bobber for bluegills, and that's how we all started fishing. And we have a, an abundance of that in Colorado, but not like they do in the Midwest. And those stock trout kind of can replace that that resource because they're, they're, they're stocked, they're meant to be harvested and take some home and eat them, and they're readily um, cooperative, let's put it that way, that when they're first stocked, you can do pretty well. And because you publish a stocking report, which by the way, folks, you can get on my Facebook page every Friday. Uh, it's along with the fishing report on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. But you publish, you want people to go catch those trout. So they really do provide a great resource and they're easy to catch. Now, another thing but before we run out of time is even if you don't stock trout, there's hundreds of ponds up and down the front range that you guys put panfish and bass in, right? That's correct. There's a... There's just a plethora of, of small ponds and, you know, smaller lakes that we um, we will stock, such as bluegill, largemouth bass, uh, and black crappie. And then they have other species that are sustaining their populations naturally, like yellow perch and um, uh, uh, pumpkin seed and sunfish. And, I and even a few catfish here and there. <laughs> yes, and we do stock a lot – 
Um, so a lot of these small lakes, they do get uh, uh, annual stockings of eight inch on average channel catfish. So a lot of the ponds um, in the Denver metro area have a combination of bass, bluegill, channel catfish, and other panfish. And I can go through here. Um, so for instance, in Adams County, you have Lowell Ponds over um, off of Lowell Boulevard and I-76. You have Webster Lake um, um, on the north side of town. You have McKay Lake up in Westminster. Uh, in Arapahoe County, you have Cherry Knowles Pond, uh, Kettering Lake over in Littleton, and then the South Platte Park Ponds in the South Platte Park near ice near C470 in the South Platte River um, in Denver in the city and county of Denver you have Overland Park near the golf course and Douglas County you have Flying Bee Pond which is actually um, over just east of C470 in the South Platte River and then in Jefferson County you have lakes such as Harriman Lake over off of uh, South Kipling you have Hind Lake in Littleton and then you have Cottonwood Park Lake off of Jewel and South Kipling. So those all have good populations of panfish, including largemouth bass. Now, we're running out of time, Paul, but there's a lot of resources on the website. If people want to go, there's a fishing atlas, and then there's also a lot of resources, like 100 Places Go Fishing. People can really find out about a lot of these lakes just by going there, and then you have a lot of survey information on the larger bodies of water. Yeah, that's correct. And it, 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 um, we have uh, fish survey summaries um, on our website where they can go and, and look and see what uh, biologists as myself and my other colleagues around the state have found in their fish surveys. So that's a good place for information. All right, Paul, thank you. I just think the thing we want to tell people is there are opportunities and, you know, just get out and enjoy them. Just make sure you follow whatever recommendations are going on and be responsible. But it's a great way to get out and enjoy the outdoors, and there's something close to you. Thank you so much for joining us, Paul. Okay, great. Thanks. It's a pleasure talking to you, Terry. You bet. That's Paul Winkle. He's just always a tremendous resource, always always great to have him on. We're going to take a quick time out. I'll come back got a couple things I want to tell you, and then we're going to go and have uh, Nate Zielinski join us on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Take a couple quick minutes to talk about a few things that we're going to get Nate Zielinski on here. Um, one of the things I want to talk about when you're sitting home, you know, we're going to go over places and ways and things that you might want to do to get out and enjoy the outdoors. But please check the regulations where you're at and make sure you're not violating and you're following good recommendations. The more, the more we all cooperate this, with this, the quicker we're going to get through this whole thing. But um, we're going to keep a lot of information on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. And we're going to have links to like the Parks and Wildlife COVID page. We're going to, if we hear updates that affect us, we'll post links to those. We'll also um, put podcasts up there that talk about things we've covered on the show. So make sure you kind of follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And also when you're sitting home, a lot of the things you hear us talking about, the fishing opportunities in the area, if you go to my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, we did 22 seasons of television. And in those 22 seasons, uh, we fished about half of those shows were shot right here in your backyard. We did travel the world some, but a lot of them were shot here. 
And so you might see us fishing a pond right close to where you live or a lake close to where you live or using a technique you hear us talk about to use right now. So that's something to do, peruse those, maybe get out a little vicariously through what we've done and you'll be ready to go. So that's the best of fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube. And third, uh, please um, patronize our, our partners. We have several partners on the show that just do such a great job for us. And the fact that they're sticking with us means that we can stick with you and we can bring you this information and we can all stay involved and then get a head start when we come out of this. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll be joined by Nate Zielinski on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. 